We sing the song, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want to speak this afternoon a little bit about that blood. Um, Baker's not here this afternoon because he decided to eat about 20 sugar cookies over <laughs> a road trip to Mississippi this weekend and uh, had to be at least 15. And uh, so he's not here with us because he's got a sore stomach. All right, he's got a tummy ache. And I don't think it was nothing but the sugar cookies who, <laughs> who <laughs> caused him not to be here. But with that being said, I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. It says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Paul says, It's for by one offering. For by one offering he, Jesus Christ, hath perfected. That perfected means to be made perfect. It was by one offering he perfected forever. What's forever mean? That means forever. It's forever them that are sanctified. Now, who are them that are sanctified? Okay, them that are sanctified, Peter talks about in 1 Peter 1 and 2, is the elect, the elect family of God. That's who he's talking about there in Hebrews as making one offering. He has perfected for them forever. Them is the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through what? Sanctification of the Spirit. Unto obedience and sprinkling of what? The blood. It's all about the blood. There's a lot of things in the uh, scriptures, a lot of subjects that we go over that have a two-part meaning. It's an eternal phase, and then you have a practical or timely phase. Whether you're talking about sanctification, you're talking about reconciliation, you're talking about uh, being redeemed by the blood. Any of these things usually have a two-fold application. If we're going to rightly divide the word of truth, it's what we're taught to do. We need to be able to rightly divide when it's talking about whether it's sanctification, whether it's justification. We're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. We were justified or what? Declared righteous. That's what justification means. It means not guilty, declared righteous. You're either condemned in the court of law or you're uh, justified, made declared righteous. And we're declared righteous based upon what? The blood of Jesus Christ when we are justified on the cross, okay? But he says we are sanctified, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. The sanctification of the Spirit when you're called here in this life sometime between conception and death, okay, by the Spirit of God. We were uh, sanctified by God the Father in election. We believe in unconditional election, okay? Here he is, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. God foreknew a people. He sent his son into this world to die for a people. And how did he get it accomplished? It's through the blood. There has to be blood for uh, sacrifice. That's what, when we offer sacrifices, we talked about in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. It's got to be acceptable. That's the one thing about uh, sacrifices and offerings. God either is going to accept it or he's going to reject it. And God is uh, a just God. He's a sovereign God. And if it's not acceptable in his sight, he's going to reject it. That's how it was set up in the Old Testament. It had to be a lamb that was without spot and without blemish. And if it didn't meet divine specifications, 
God would reject the offering, okay? But our text says that for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. It sounds like he got the job done, okay? It's for by one, one time only. He says in Roman, or Hebrews 9 and 12, he says, this was neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own what? His own blood. He entered in once into the holy place. That holy place is heaven. He entered once, okay? He did this one time only. This is not a one and then we're going to add something to it. That's the gospel. It's by the blood and nothing else. It's not by the blood and your acceptance. It's not by the blood and baptism. That's a, a lot of things I have to deal with in work. I like to get back to the root cause. I have to trace it back to where everything started. It started in the garden, okay? This is how you can go about any of these subjects. When I talk to other people about what we believe and why we believe it, and it's by the blood and the blood only, it's by grace and grace alone, I have to get to a starting point and then everything ventures out from there. That's why there's so many religions, so many things, whatever entice man. This verse clearly states it's by one offering. There was no more offerings, no more sacrifices to be given. He entered in once into the holy place. We can rest today by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you leave here, we can roll down the window and say, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they're going to ask you for that hope we talked about last week. The hope that's within us. They see you shouting by the blood. What do you mean by the blood of Jesus Christ? He paid for our sins incomplete, one time only. That's what we believe. That's by the blood of Jesus Christ. He entered once by one offering, not multiple offerings, not by offerings done by multiple people. In the Old Testament, the priests went daily to the temple. And that was just for remembrance of the sins of the people. He went into the holiest, holiest once a year. But he never sat down. You know, you've heard that a million times. You don't sit down till the job's complete. I'm afraid to sit down a lot of times because the job's never complete to begin with. But I know if I sit down, it ain't never going to get done. Okay? <laughs> so let's look at a few passages from the Old Testament. I just want to see. We can go all the way back to the garden. And, you know, sacrifice, there has to be blood. Okay? You need to get that through. It always has to be about the blood. Okay, God's either going to accept it or reject it. It had to be by blood. It had to be perfect. It had to be by divine specification. He sent his son in for that reason. He was the only one to get the job done. He was the only perfect one, the Lamb of God. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son. He gave the best that heaven had for you and I. The just for the unjust, as simple as that, okay? He gave, he came, let's look at, in we don't have to turn there, but Genesis chapter 3, it talks about Adam and Eve. And Adam, you know, here comes man and his nature all together. You know, Adam's like, this is the wife you gave me. And she said, the serpent beguiled me. But once they ate of the tree, they a tree of good and evil, or a knowledge of good and evil, they obtained knowledge of evil. They only knew good at the time. So once they ate it, then they started the blame game. They said, well, we're going to hide ourselves. We're going to do aprons of fig leaves. And see, that's man's way. That's works. That's something that man does. And God's got a different way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way. He has the only blood, the pure blood. He was separate from sinners. 
his blood was going to get the job done. He covered them with what? Animal skins. That's a sign that there had to be a sacrifice. Blood had to be shed. That was just kind of a picture of good things to come, how God would get the job done some years later. You turn over to chapter 4, and it talks about Adam and Eve bearing Cain and Abel. You know, he did what? He accepted uh, Abel and his offering. First, he accepted Abel. Then he accepted his offering. Cain uh, brought her the fruit of the land. Abel brought uh, the first of the uh, fatlings, of the fat. Animal had to be slain. He brought a, a sacrifice that was what? Acceptable unto God. We read that Romans, we have, you know, as we need to have a living sacrifice over here in the day we live in. So this is a different kind of sacrifice. He accepted Abel and rejected Cain's sacrifice. Why? God sovereign. God chose Jacob. He hated Esau. That's the sovereignty of God. Jacob he loved. Esau had he hated. He chose Jacob before time ever began. He sent his son into the world to die on the cross to pay for the sin debt. Why? The blood of Jesus Christ. That was the only thing God would accept. Did he accept the sacrifice of his son? He did. Why? Because it was the pure blood. It was the sacrifice that in the Old Testament, the, they brought in basins of uh, blood, whatever. God came through his pure veins, and that's where all blessings flow. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, where all we receive all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He says, according to he, as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. He made one offering for sins forever. He made an offering that uh, Peter talks about in 1 Peter 1. Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter two, or 1, verse 2. It's the elect. He's talking about the elect, the elect, the blood. And we turn uh, to probably the, one of the most famous stories in Genesis chapter 22 about Abraham and Isaac. Here we go with another sacrifice. Uh, Abraham, it says, and it came to pass after these things in chapter 22 that God did what? Tempt Abraham. Now we look at that. God tempted Abraham. Is that a temptation that James talks about that God cannot be tempted with, uh, with evil? We have to rightly divide the word of truth here. And so, how did he tempt him? He tried him. You know, this may not be a good analogy, but uh, we tell our kids to clean their room, make their bed. Now, the kids, uh, and there's a purpose and there's a reason for this. <laughs> they may not say, well, nobody sees our room. Nobody lays my, I have to lay in my bed. Why do I got, have to make my bed? You know, and there's... These are responsibilities we're given. We're really trying the kids. If they can perform that task and they can do what they're told and show us responsibility, then we're going to let them do, give them some more responsibility. So we're really we're trying them or we're tempting them in certain tasks that we give, give our children. And here, uh, Isaac was the seed of promise. You know, he was the promised seed of Abraham through all generations. So when he t says he tempted him, he was trying Abraham to see what he was going to do, what God had told him to do. He may not have understood it altogether, but God was going to tempt him, and Abraham came through, did he not? He said that he did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. He said, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac. Now, Isaac wasn't the only son of Abraham. You had Ishmael, but Isaac was the seed of promise that was promised to him years ago. It said, 
later on, he said that Abraham staggered not at the promise. I stagger out a lot of stuff, and this would be staggering to me for me to be able to do this, but he said Abraham staggered not, okay? And so they went. He got up early. He looked upon the mountain. He grabbed the wood. Abraham grabbed the wood. He grabbed the fire. He grabbed the knife. Isaac said, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And he said, God would provide himself a lamb. It had to be a lamb for the burnt offering. It had to be for a sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It had to be a pure. It had to be not a spot, not a blemish. God would provide himself. That's what I love about the KJV. I don't know how many other translations there are that would give a translation other than this, but I know what it says. If you stick with what the Bible says, you ain't going to go wrong. You, you may see differences between what you read and I think it's this and, and that. Go with what the word says and you can't go wrong. He says he will provide himself. And you can stop right there. And that's the, the truth of the gospel. He will provide. He will uh, provide a way. And he did, did he not? He went up there. The Lord put a ram in the thicket to take the place of Isaac. So it was a glorious sight. But whenever you, what I want you to see this afternoon is there has to be bloodshed. And God shed his blood for all the elect family of God. He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world, we read in Revelation. And how is that possible? I tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ covers from Adam to the last seed of promise. From way over here to the way over here. It's a sure thing. Why? Because it's the blood of Christ. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to his mercy. That's what Paul was trying to tell him. It's because of all these mercies that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice. So God has purchased your sins with his blood and paid it all. All to Jesus we owe, right? Jesus has paid it all. All to him I owe. That's right. We owe him everything. We owe him everything we got. But how are we going to do that? We're to provide uh, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's got to be acceptable. That's something I'm really kind of skittish about. I have to come to church. I have to come with the right mind frame. We come here to worship God. We're here to worship the Lord. And he can reject our, you know, our sacrifice, our offering. He says in Hebrews 13, 15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Paul says we're to pray without ceasing. We're to pray continually. That's offering up sacrifices of praise. Now, I want God to <laughs> accept my, my offering, my sacrifice. You know, he says in Psalm 68, 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. He says in Psalms 103.2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are his benefits? His mercy, his reconciliation, his justification, his redemption, his blood. He didn't shed his blood in vain. I'm telling you this afternoon, it was not shed in vain. It was shed for a purpose. And it was shed to cover the sins of every single child, every elect family of God. It got the job done. My Savior did not shed his blood in vain. I'll tell you right now, I'll say that to the end days. It was not in vain. It was only by the blood. Only by the blood. What? Nobody else's efforts. I'll go to the grave saying that. I don't mind saying that. If it's wrong, I'll, I'm wrong, okay? You don't have to amen. You can unamen me on that one. <laughs> he says in uh, Psalms 19, 
And this is the sweet psalmist David, okay? A man after God's own heart. And listen to what he says in verse 14. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and what? My redeemer. David knew who his redeemer was. He knew what would take place on Calvary. He says, let the words of my mouth. This is David speaking this. You think he had a concern about the, God accepting his praise, God accepting the meditation of his mind and his heart upon him? This is David we're talking about here. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. You know, you're supposed to not trust it in your heart. You know, the heart is evil and wicked and above all things. Who can trust it? We're not trusting in our heart. We're trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the sight. He's holy. He's just. He wasn't going to accept anything other than the pure blood of Jesus Christ. God would not accept anything. That's why he sent his son into the world by one offering. He has perfected them forever, them that are sanctified. Isn't that glorious? By one time, it's not an ongoing thing. It was an ongoing thing in the Old Testament. Year after year after year, they couldn't even sit down. But Christ has went into the heaven and sat down at the right hand of God forever. He's perfected you and I forever. He has made you perfect. I wish I had perfect life and perfect children and perfect everything. Wouldn't that be perfect? Wouldn't that be glorious? But I'm telling you, God has perfected us forever and sanctified us, made us holy without blame before him in love, all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way we're stepping into the pearly gates and heaven's sweet, sweet door where he has mansions above, places of abode, you know, however you want to see it. I know it's nothing like the earth. It's going to be glorious around the throne of God, looking at the slain lamb of God. John pointed him out, said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. You've really got to be messed up uh, for somebody to confuse you on that point. That day, he's coming forth. John pointed him out. He wasn't uh, head and shoulders above everybody. He became like his brethren to die for his brethren so he could make intercession for us as the great and merciful high priest. He takes care of us today. He took care of us a long time ago. He took care of us before the world ever began. He chose you. He died for you. And by his blood, we will be with him forever and evermore.